We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Okay, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. And I've been listening to 610 since back in the 80s. This is the best combination for afternoon drive time sports radio I've ever heard. Show, Clint, you guys got it going on, man. I really appreciate your show. Best hair at the station, this entire show right here. React to that. Clint, you can put your toes up in the river, my man, and pop that cord right. I love beer. Hey, gentlemen. A show and a Clinton show. I love your show. You guys are great. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. Somebody out there listening right Ooh, now. Yeah. yeah, don't do that. Is that Mike Hot Top? I'm going to kick your ass, Tyler. <laughs> Whoa, what? You're talking all that, man. What's up? How y'all doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Cubley. Ah, the drive is live and in color, and it's in the house. Hell no. Doing some hell experimenting. No, no, it. you don't in the hell uh, no. That's where he went. Huh? You did, that, that caught you by surprise, and you that's weren't ready. Oh, I was ready. How, how, why would it, why, what would catch him off guard? I, I don't know, man. Well, if, if it didn't catch you off guard, it was just a pissy poor effort. I mean, the look <laughs> in your that? eyes of disappointment. And I bet, you, I, I, bet you, I bet you the drive family's feeling the there same way. There you go. No, there no, no. I mean, he it's circled too late. back. I mean, it is too late, but he circled too, back. And he didn't mean it. Hell, I thought Joe done jumped up on the mic or something. Like he, yeah, like, that sounded like old, old, like first time timid a little bit right there. <laughs> It's in the house. It's in the house. Oh, there you go. That, we that's pretty to, solid. Do, do we, <sighs> had a little a, Arnold Schwarzenegger vibe to is it. Is that a thing? Whoever fills in for Tyler has to do it. Yes, I think we should do that moving forward. I like it. <laughs> oh, God. Chris Santiago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'll be good. I like that. Yeah, whoever fills in for Tyler has to uh, – has to do it because you're going to Europe soon. So yeah, whoever has that, that's that's got to find Clint's hat sometime. That's got to be great. All right, uh, a lot to get to. Seth Payne coming up, the bottom of the hour, and uh, Brooks Cabina, the man who broke, who broke the D'Amico Ryan's news. He's going to join us. Our Texas Insider from the uh, Chronicle. He'll join us coming up at three forty. But Clint, this is like I think Clint's trying to force this as a second, or at least something that we do daily. I don't know if Clint has it in him to be able to get and find audio that gets him football horny on a daily basis. So I don't know if we can pull it off, but Clint has found himself another football horny clip of the day. That's what they trying, trying to push that through. It's Clint is trying to push that through. Yesterday, if you missed it, Gary Kubiak was on uh, in the loop, former head coach and Super Bowl winning coach of the uh, Texans, former. Uh, Super Bowl winning coach of the Broncos. I mean, not the Texans, obviously. You all would remember that. But Thanks for the reminder, Sean. I just didn't want to get that, that mixed up. So you guys, <laughs> some of you out there thinking about a memory that you didn't have. Uh, but, no, he talked about uh, D'Amico's experience coaching under Kyle Shanahan and this, uh, well, this got Clint excited. 
Let's not forget where he's coming from, who he's been with the last few years. If you work for Kyle, like I work for his dad, uh, he makes you study both sides of the ball. He makes you, as a defensive coordinator, understand what I'm trying to do to you offensively on the practice field. So D'Amico's knowledge, I mean, we know what it is defensively, but his knowledge of offensive football and how Kyle tries to attack defenses, uh, that has really grown for him as a football coach, too. Wow. All right. That, uh, that done it for you. Any, that, uh, absolutely. Look, if you're, if you're a Texans fan and you're not concerned about what they're going to do on the offensive side of the football, then I don't know what the hell you're smoking. I don't know what you're drinking. I, I, I don't I, – I, 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 I advise – you know, I mean, look, it's, it's just not – it's not – it turns you on for a reason because there's a concern there. And you hear Gary Kubiak, which I would say of all the past coaches, Gary Kubiak carries more uh, – I mean – I think when you hear Gary talk, I, I think you lean in a little bit. The rest of these guys, you probably tune out at the, at the end of the day. And and so when Gary tells you, hey, the defensive-minded head coach that you just hired, don't forget who he worked for, and, and here's why it's important. Kyle Shanahan requires his guys to know what the hell's going on on both sides of the football. And, and I, to me – I need things. I, I need I need things to make me feel better. I need to hear things from guys like Gary Kubiak to make me feel better about what I think is the the biggest unknown right now with the Texans, and that's what the hell they're going to do on the offensive side of the football. I love D'Amico Rhines as a head coach. I absolutely love it. What they do on the offensive side of the football is just as important to me as D'Amico Rhines being the head coach. Yeah, I, I, 100%. I, I 100% agree with that. And, and so when I'm easing my ass on in on, on the station, when I'm easing on in here and I'm listening in the loop and I and, the, and I hear Gary Kubiak talking about, hey, I'm not telling you that that the, the guy's an offensive coordinator, but I will tell you that he's been in a hell of a system and he is required as a defensive coordinator under Kyle Shanahan to some degree to pay attention to not just the defensive side of the football, but the offensive side of the football. Yeah, that, that right there gets me worked up a little bit. And, and I need those kind of things. I need to read articles about multiple guys, not just Bobby Slowick and 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 how analytically driven he is. I I I, I need I need to know about the offensive staff. Who's he going to bring with him? Power in numbers, because because one guy that's unproven, no pelts on the wall, isn't going to do isn't going to do a whole hell of a lot for you. You're him. hunting so, for it. Yeah. You're hunting for more reasons to feel comfortable about it because uh, I think for you and I think a lot of Texans fans. The number one concern is, hey, we feel like we got the right guy to lead this thing, but it won't mean nothing if the offense is is yeah. in the tank or the offense is a, is a is an issue. Like we could potentially be in a position that you know you you were where there's a ceiling and you're hitting your head at, and that's I think for you anytime you're hearing anything that remotely gets you to a place of it feels like this guy can figure it out. He knows what he's doing. Seems to get you going. I, I I understand it. I understand it. You're hunting. You need it. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I, I. And anybody that doesn't, I, I I question what the hell you 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 you're yearning for. And you believe Gary. You don't think he's lying. Yep. And you and and we've seen, and we've seen other assistants under those guys. It it, it, it come through. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I I've said this before. I, I just I don't think it is as easy as 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 folks make it out to be. If you just hey go pluck the next guy in Shanahan system. Go plug the next guy in Kubiak system. Go plug the next guy that's been with this this Joker or McVeigh or whatever. I mean, it's just it ain't it ain't that damn easy. And so, yeah, I mean, when I hear when I hear Gary talking about it and and giving me a, a reason not not because somebody's just got blind 
blind trust that D'Amico is going to find a guy, but somebody gives me like something to cling on to and have a little bit more confidence in uh, D'Amico making that right decision and, and kind of ha- his upbringing and, and, and what he was required to do, not just for the two years he was a coordinator, but for the entire time he was in San Francisco. Yeah, it, it moves the needle a bit for me. Yeah, it's interesting with the OC thing because that's the next drop, the, the next thing to drop. It is odd they haven't hired one yet. Or, or it, it, I, th- I think it's odd because of the names we've seen connected to to it, and that's Bobby Slowick. That's one that everyone has talked about. John yep. McClain has come on here and talked about it. Many names. That's the first name that was connected even before he was the coach. He doesn't, There is no reason that you have to stop talking to him. There's no reason why he can't be hired. He, his team is out of it. Uh, the, the other Troy Walters. You is the know other him one. really, really well. You know him well. You know him well. Like I, I felt like probably D'Amico knew who his coordinator. That's what I would have thought. He knew who his coordinator was going to be before he got here. If it were somebody that was in the building with him, yes. Yes, right. You, you know him. You yep. know it's going to be Bobby Troy Walters. The only other person, him and and, and the and the and the Nick Cayley guy who took the job in Minnesota as a tight ends coach. Those are the three we've we've heard uh, have been interviewed. It just makes you wonder, Clint. Like, I mean, what are we? What are they? Potentially waiting on. They haven't interviewed really anybody else. Is there a thought that they're waiting for somebody, waiting to talk to somebody that is in in the game that doesn't have the ability to talk? Right? Is that? Is that I think that's an elephant in the room. Right? Because you would think if it's Bobby, I've been working with Bobby for six years. Me and Bobby, like we'd have talked about this, right? If I'm gonna be, if I know I'm gonna be a head coach, and I feel like D'Amico knew he was probably gonna have a real good shot at being a head coach in this league. What halfway through the season, maybe at the start of the thing, yep. and you sitting here working with the dude every day. Hey, this is what we gonna do. We didn't already talked about this, and they not brought in Bobby, and maybe they're just I don't know what they're waiting on and talking. It. But there is a thought, and there are some guys in this game. Clint Shane Steichen, I don't know. He is the OC in Philly. Maybe he is somebody who wants to run his own show. Brian Johnson, I know a guy, Baytown kid that you've talked about a lot. Matt Nagy is the quarterback coach for the Chiefs, and then there is Eric Bieniemy, and Eric Bieniemy who is going to leave Kansas City and become an OC somewhere else. Um, I, I, he has an he's been interviewed for, by the Colts. I don't think he has a shot at getting that job as a head coach. But the Ravens have shown interest. Washington has shown interest. We've heard him connected to other teams like Tampa have shown interest. Is there a thought that maybe? the Texans are waiting to potentially talk to one of these guys. I, I hope, I, I mean, I hope so. It, it makes, it makes perfect sense yeah. to, to talk to one or multiple of these guys uh, before making a decision. That That's, that's for damn sure. I mean, I look, you, you look at, you talk about the, the success that, that Eric Bieniemy and Matt Nagy have had with Pat Mahomes. Right. And, and I, I don't, I don't like to put, all-time greats, which I think Pat Mahomes is already an all-time great. I don't think I'm out on a limb there saying that. I don't like to put all-time greats in the same category with guys that ain't done nothing but play play college ball in their draft prospects. But when you look at the style of play and kind of how they play the quarterback position, if you go study Bryce Young, it's very Pat Mahomes-like. When you talk about not a great athlete but can extend plays and can can hurt you with his feet, all the off-platform, the arm talent is absolutely ridiculous with Bryce Young. Now, the arm strength's not there. He hasn't thrown no-look passes and, and ill-advised passes at the NFL level consistently at a championship level. But when you just look at how they play the game, I could see Bryce Young fitting into 
a Andy Reid, Matt Nagy, Eric Bieniemy type of offense, right? Then you look down and you look at Brian Johnson. You had Dak Prescott, and I don't know why, but hell, I forget the damn kid's name every time the Florida kids show. Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask. And now you look at Jalen Hurts. Again, a, a wide range of, of quarterback play at the college level. If you're bringing in a young college quarterback, you're going to draft one. These guys know what makes them tick, man. And then Shane Steichen, I mean, look, you don't need to look any further than what Philly's doing right now with Jalen Hurts. And, and I mean, when you, when you consider two things, Bobby Slowick could be had at any point in time. You could hand him the pen and let him sign the contract for the OC and Tech with the Texans anytime. You spend a, a ton of time with the guy. You know exactly who he is. And more than likely, you know who he would bring with him if it were going to be Clint Kubiak uh, at that point in time for a quarterback coach, right? What are you waiting on? Well, there's a game being played this weekend. It's keeping you from interviewing any of these other guys. Now that that's a that's a because why would why wouldn't it be Bobby? Why why wouldn't they hire Bobby right now? I mean, any Show. of these guys, Troy Walton, Show. like he know, like there's there's not much more than unless Nick needs to really get to know him longer, and I hope that's not the case. Show I I I, I could get um. I could get with Bobby and Kubiak as we talked about yesterday and even Gerard Johnson coming in being a part of it. But, boy, you start adding one or maybe even multiple of these names in the mix. I do think there's a, there's something there about a guy that leads. Like Breaking news from Sports Radio 610 is presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Well, I think you scared Clint on that one, boy. Startled him just a bit. What's the borderline, borderline pissed me off. It's well, better be know, good. We know that. What's the breaking news, Tyler? <laughs> so we got some news within the Texans division, the AFC South. We uh, got a familiar name as well. The Titans, they have announced they have promoted Tim Kelly. To offensive coordinator. Yeah. Yeah, this is not a joke. This is real. Tim Kelly is now the offensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans. And and this part is uh, pertaining to the Texans' search for coordinators. The Titans also officially announced Chris Harris as their defensive passing game coordinator. Harris interviewed with the Texans yesterday oh, for their defensive coordinator job. So unless they make a move for Harris, the Texans, that is, it looks like he's going to be staying put in Tennessee. What are the Titans doing? Tim Kelly. You got me. I I have no idea. I mean. What? Yeah, look, I I have no no idea. But this is is what? No, no, seriously. Like, this is funny as hell to me. I don't know why. I know where you're fixing to go with this, but go ahead. This is good. This is what Clint is scared to death of. And then you didn't didn't, see Tyler, you're selfish. I know you got to deliver the news. But but now you, I bet you have just, Clint, the last two days has gotten himself super excited. And now this. Think about the last two, let's think about two of the last defensive-minded head coaches and what they have done in offensive coordinators. Old Timmy. And these are two guys that are well-respected as head coaches in the league. Mm-hmm. Mike Vrabel has all kinds of resources, anybody around. And that cat said, I had Arthur Smith and this sucker was humming to the tune of us getting to the AFC championship game. Lost him? All right, we stunk. All right, he got the best out of Ryan Tannehill. Where am I going next? You don't think Timmy will get him there? Tim Kelly. <laughs> I mean, Robert Sala. 
Who am I going to hire? Nathaniel Hackett. Dead last in the NFL in points. What? This, I mean, I, this is the thing that scares me. 100%. How the hell did Mike? And we respect and believe Mike Frabel's a guy that knows what he's doing. How did Mike wake up and say, everybody I got? Anybody over there in that McVay crew? Nope. Anybody over there with that Andy Reid crew? Nope. I don't know, man. Look over there with the Eagles. They're doing something. Nope. No, man. Tim Keller. Wow. So they got right now, right now, and I mean, they obviously going to make a move, right? Is, is Tannehill, what, how many years he got left? I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming he's going to be back and healthy, right, this yeah. this next year, or, or is, is he on the, is he going to be on the move? That's Wow. My goodness. Tim Kelly. Yeah, uh, Tannehill is entering the last year of his contract, it looks like. Oh, wow. I know so many Boy, people. Tim Kelly is – Tim Kelly's – with Derrick Henry in the backfield, Tim Kelly's the answer. Tim Kelly has the same job of Eric Bieniemy, and Eric Bieniemy is going to go try to interview to get another of that same job. My goodness alive. How did Tim Kelly – how did Tim Kelly – what was that, two years that he pulled this off? Is it less than two years? Yeah, he no, was listening. He was here. He was here a year after Bill left. He was here with Cully. He was the offense coordinator here with David Cully. We get to see a Tim Kelly offense twice next season, boys. It's great news. <laughs> Tim Kelly in less than two years. I'm going to be an optimist here. Coming up. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. Clint, I, I need to get more for Clint on this. I, I did. Tim Kelly, if you missed this, this breaking news in the division, um, Listen, the Texans, the Titans, I, I cannot wait to see what they're going to be. Tim Kelly is the Titans' new offensive coordinator. We'll, uh, we'll we'll get more thoughts on that as we just got that dropped on us. And then, uh, I, I don't know, boy, the Rockets are becoming even more embarrassing. And last night, they were embarrassing on the court, but that's not where it was the most. We'll discuss all that coming up next. Tim hey, Houston fans, I am so happy. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. My whole experience on the offensive side of the ball before the season was with Coach O'Brien. So everything that I learned in terms of philosophy and how to attack a defense or how to view a defense, you know, I learned from him and I was fortunate to do so. So, you know, anything, any any tricks or anything you saw the other day was, you know, something that I learned from him. And like I said, I was very fortunate for the opportunity to, to, to learn from him. Oh, Texas Stro- Stroke him, Timmy. Stroke him. Texans fans, I, this is a great day for you, right? You, you I mean, the, the the Titans, who have been are, what, the best team in the division here over the last several years. Yep. Um, obviously, they they didn't win the division this year with Jacksonville, but they're they've announced they're hiring Tim Kelly as their offensive coordinator. With all the options out there, oh Mike, my God, Mike Vrabel, who who ran out the uh, the general general manager. So he's he's got a lot of control here. I'm gonna imagine he made this decision. He's going with Tim Kelly, Clinton. I know we got hit with that pretty late, but you're now you had a few minutes to sit back through it. 
uh, any any way you're understanding I mean, this at all anymore? No, not at all. I, look, I, I like Tim Kelly, man. I, there, I think he's a good coach, but but I think what he proved uh, as a play caller is that he's a position coach. Um, I, look, I, in, in today's game, where man, you got to be creative, exotic, multiple on offense, man. You, you got to be a dynamic dude uh, in, in terms of calling plays, and 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 even even I'll say even more so when when your staple is Derrick Henry, a a, a big big bruising back out of the backfield. You got to find ways to be creative off of that. Um th- this this blows my mind. I mean, this is this is one of those this is one of those Bill Belichick hiring oh, hiring a defensive coordinator as his OC that just got just finished failing as as a head coach. This is all the offensive minds out there and and you go with Tim Kelly. Tim Kelly and here here's the here's here's what's interesting. Imagine this if you're a Tennessee Titan fan. Tim Kelly, the last time we saw him calling plays was in 2020 when you had Deshaun Watson, and, and, and the Texans' offense was fourth in passing. They were the number four pass, pass team in terms of pass yards. You had Deshaun Watson ripping the damn leather off the football, and you couldn't create a better run game than the 31st run game in the NFL. 90 yards a ball game. Yeah, I mean, and, we used, and, and, used to and, routinely talk about this is the easiest it's, run game. It's ever. awful. It's awful. The, we couldn't run the ball. The the most and and you as I would say I would say that they are the most pro style run game, really offense in, in the NFL. When it comes to old school, under the center, backs behind the quarterback. You're running the ball. Everybody in America knows you're running the ball. There's no deception. There's no nothing. We're just bigger, batter. We're gonna run it downhill at you. And I know there's more bells and whistles than that. But but at the end of the day, Tim Kelly ain't bringing more bells and whistles than that. If I'm Derrick Henry, I am. I am irate. Any quarterback. But, because, I mean, because, I mean, but, but, here, but here's the interesting deal. Here's the interesting deal. Where I was going with that show is. Tim Kelly, the one thing he showed here in Houston was if you give him a good a good quarterback, a, a, a great quarterback, he can throw for damn near 400 a game. They can put up some points, right? They can put up some the one yards. thing they couldn't do was run the ball. They could put up some yards. They didn't do a lot. They weren't great I at scoring. I think they averaged 24 either. points that, that, that year. That ain't all bad. I mean, that's, hell, that's, but anyway, the point is, is so if, if anything, Tim Kelly, in, in his play-calling days, he put a good pass game out there, decent pass game out there. Hell, they hired an, a, a passing game coordinator, quarterback coach, along with Tim Kelly. I mean, I, I, like, I, I don't know, man. If I, if I'm, I don't know what the hell Vrabel's doing. I mean, I'm stoked about it because the Texans. Traylon Burks is fired up about it, isn't he? Oh God! I mean, he is. What are we doing, man? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, that is that is an interesting, very interesting. Tyler, can you look up? Can you, if you can, you or Cheryl, can y'all look up who did they interview? Who did he like? Who did they? Who did he beat out? That's what I want to know. Who did he beat out? Tim Kelly. I just say it out loud to yourself. Think about the last time you saw Tim Kelly. Yeah. In the last two years, the last time you saw Tim Kelly, if I'd have told you that guy in under two years is going to be an offensive yeah. coordinator again and an offensive coordinator to. What's been a successful franchise over the last the, the, five years? The value that what? the value that the the these guys that come out of the Belichick tree, the value that they put on yes men, is unbelievable. I mean, it is unbelievable that 
you that Bill O'Brien gave him play calling duties here. He was on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, they was. moved him over. He was a quality control type guy. I mean, tight ends coach. I mean, and you gave him play calling duties here. And now, now after what you displayed here in in what was it a twelve game span? What was Bill fired it for four games or something like yeah, that? Four games. That's I first. mean, and look, I look you you did the best you could with 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 the situation that was here. And, and I'm not saying your your career should die on the vine, but damn, how do you? I mean, you like Vrabel is under two years. Like he must have sold his ass off. Listen, we've dealt with Tim Kelly a lot. I mean, I, he's not a guy that's coming in like that's gonna. Do you would think it's just gonna blow you away with his plan? And his and just you know own the room on you right there where you look at each other like the way they described D'Amico, where they all looked at each other and was like, dude, my God, we like what are we? Are you serious? That's what Nick and and and, and the McNairs were saying. You don't get that from Tim Kelly. What kind of game plan did he come in there? What 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 was hit? Well, he must have interviewed his ass off. Yeah, that, that's um. That just blows me away. Do you want to do you want to know who Tim oh, Kelly beat God, out? Please. So we have Falcons quarterbacks coach Charles London. He interviewed for the OC job in Tennessee. He, he got the quarterback so coach the quarterback. and passing game coordinator job. Right. So he interviewed. Then you got Eric Bieniemy. The Tennessee Titans requested an interview with him back in mid-January. I'm not sure if they actually interviewed him. Uh, Matt Nagy. Uh, they requested an interview with him. Yeah. Those are those look like the three names he was competing with. How would he beat out those two? I don't know how he'd beat out any three of them. Like I, I, I don't know I mean, London. I I don't know much of London. Well, you got he, he was, was under Arthur Smith. Smith. Yeah, so maybe there, maybe he had to be. I, but I mean, I just don't know how he sold himself so much to just like, hey, Matt Nagy. <laughs> but you're right. I think it comes down to, yes, man. I want to run this sucker. I want to. I mean, what offensive coordinator? I, look, I don't even. I don't know. I, I just that 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 blows my mind, man. And like I said, I, Tim Tim, I like Tim, man. I mean, Tim was good to me when he was here, and Tim's Tim's a. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's a good coach, but to me, what Tim proved was that he's a loyal loyal listener. Tight, and tight ends coach seems I mean, to be where absolutely he, he could work that thing. out. That's it, brother. The tight ends tight coach. ends coach assistant head coach down the line. That's for, it. For somebody add you add you a couple couple hundred thousand to your to your to your deal with an assistant head coach title under two years. With that offense and run game, he's an OC. It, no, it was, no, it was, it's less than Rhodes. Yeah, it's, you're right. He's under. It's one season. He was here in 2021. He was here. Yeah. All right, Seth Payne. We'll get his thoughts as he joins us on a Tuesday. His thoughts on everything happening with the Texans, the Super Bowl coming up, and this latest news about Tim Kelly taking over the offense. Sweater version of Cousin Eddie's Dickie. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. All right, it is a Tuesday, so that means we're joined by one half of the best sports morning show in Houston, Payne and Pendergast. Seth Payne joins us, and uh, Seth, we are just still kind of reeling over the news that Mike Vrabel has decided to turn his offense completely over to Tim Kelly. Tim Kelly, in less than two years, less than a year and a half, has uh, has has left Houston and become an offensive coordinator again. Your well, thoughts has, on your thoughts on that? It's Pep Hamilton to thank for that, I would imagine. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of like I guess yeah. If I were if I were to get dumped by a girl, I would. If my if Brandy ever left me, I would I would hope like hell that 
or first rebound boyfriend would be like some guy who's just an awful lover. Yeah, because then she'd be like, oh, wow, I was, was missing something. Yeah, I don't know if what Seth was, but he was something, I, I suppose. So uh, Pep Hamilton is the awful lover that um, that everybody realized, like, oh, okay, that, uh, Tim Kelly's not that bad for hey, an Irishman. Hey, hey, being in the division, that, that's, a, that's a good thing for all of us here in Houston, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know, man. I, Davis Mills looked all right. Davis Mills looked like he had some potential. Hey, uh, Deshaun Watson looked like a much better passer of the football than under Kevin Stefanski this year. There are, whole, there are a couple other factors at play there. But I always did wonder with Tim Kelly, you know, he was a guy who had spent his entire career pretty much, other than a couple years after college, he'd been with Bill O'Brien. So he only knew really one way to operate. And you always wonder with somebody like that, okay, if he gets a little bit of exposure somewhere else and kind of has some time to contemplate what he should or shouldn't do, then who knows? And Sean, Sean Payton had his play-calling duties stripped away from him when he was a young coordinator once. Um, then he got, he got better. He got a lot better uh, in his next couple stays. So I, I would be – it's not like I'm nervous about it or anything, but I'm not going to get cocky about – about Tim Kelly being the coordinator. I am intrigued by the fact that it looks like they named like like two other guys to be co-offensive coordinators with him. Mm, yeah, good. Well, good for Tim, man. Glad Tim was able you, to you, to potentially show his his talents you know, and he's gotten better that quick. Show you weren't here to see Tim Kelly like his first year that he was kind of offensive coordinator. <laughs> they named him offensive coordinator. Okay, two things that were weird about this. They named him offensive coordinator. And he would do his weekly press appearances, and it was, it was like, it was like Ricky Bobby the first time. You know, he had to do the the interviews, like not knowing where to put his hands and everything. Um, it was very, very awkward. But then he loosened up after that. But then the really funny thing was. Uh, the year after Tim Kelly was named offensive coordinator, it was announced that Tim Kelly would actually be the offensive coordinator. And he like, fielded all kinds of questions about how he'd be calling plays now and everything. It was the damnedest thing I've ever seen. Um, that was the start of everything really, really weird in Houston. And thank God. we've uh, that, that era is dead and buried and gone forever. I, I, I urinate all over its grave. All right. That's, that's right, guys. It's, so what's uh, up? What else we got? Seth is urinating all over. Uh, the grave there. Well, speaking of offensive coordinators, uh, I, I, me and Clint discussed this in the yeah. first segment. I wonder why they haven't they haven't decided on an OC yet. Is there is there something to it? If if it's Bobby Slowick, he's been with them for six years all year long. That's the name we've heard connected to it. What do yeah. you think it is uh, that that's the holdup? I hope that it's that maybe Bobby Slowick is the guy, but. It, they're doing something gentlemanly for San Francisco. <laughs> or maybe Kyle Shanahan. Uh, maybe Kyle Shanahan has a favor to ask from D'Amico Ryan somehow, or San Francisco wants some time to to interview other people. That's what I would hope. Because you're right. It's if they were if it were all quiet on the Western Front when it came to a defensive coordinator, I wouldn't be as nervous. And I know Chris Harris was just hired um, in Tennessee as well. He was one of the candidates the Texans were going to look at. Uh, they're still talking to this uh, the the Marquand fella there, but Marquand Manuel. Um, I hope that it's Slowick. It, it was funny, you know, when Kubiak was talking to the guys yesterday, and he said that. Well, to you guys, excuse me. Um, he said that. You know, one thing he learned was not to hurry too much on making these hires. I couldn't help but think about the fact that 
his defenses were atrocious the first couple of years that we were here because he was saddled with a bad defensive coordinator, not to mention a nose tackle that was me. And um, it was it was a really bad deal those first couple of years. And I, and I wonder if maybe in a rush to fill out his staff, Kubiak would have done things a little bit different. So um, if they're being slow and methodical about it, that's cool. But we'll start we'll start getting impatient here real soon. Seth, I, I hope it's for uh, to, for the sake of interviewing maybe some of these guys on on one of the two uh, coaching staffs that's that's playing uh, this weekend. Yeah, I mean they they got they got some, and, and even if it's look, Brian Johnson is is a guy that I know you and, you and uh, Sean have talked about. I mean, I even if it's if it's a quarterback coach, even if it's you know a a guy like to to fill that quote unquote pipeline that we keep talking about on the offensive side of the ball, man. I, there there are a lot of of intriguing, interesting names uh, that the Texans have either already interviewed as head coach or could potentially want to interview as an offensive coordinator or quarterback coach on both yeah. sides of the ball this weekend. And, and you wonder, too, because with Brian Johnson, okay, with the, with the remaining guys out there, with the remaining job openings for head coach between the Colts and the Cardinals, um, and then the various coaches on those two teams who might be either sneaky candidates for other jobs around the league or for that head coaching job, you know, the, the word was that Brian Johnson was going to wait and see what happened with Nick Sirianni. So – that would be that would be a nice little fun way for it to play out if if basically everybody's being super respectful of those teams and allowing them to prepare without a bunch of fanfare or hoopla about um, which coordinators are leaving or anything. That yeah, perhaps that maybe uh, maybe a Sirianni or did I say Sirianni? My gosh, um, Steichen. Steichen, thank you. Um, that maybe Steichen is more maybe Steichen's more of a candidate than people realize, and that that. Um, or less of a candidate, and then Johnson will leave afterwards. But if if Steichen leaves, then presumably Johnson would get that offensive coordinating job there with the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there, there's a lot to, to to unpack there to see what they're they're so going to recap to for your listeners. <laughs> Sirianni is not a candidate for the Colts job. Okay? No, no, it'd he is Steichen. It would be Steichen that would, would be, be leaving. Steichen. Yeah, it would be yeah. Steichen. All right, Seth. Um, Look, uh, that that the, the OC thing is is coming the next uh, as 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 it continues to unfold. The coordinators as well for the DC. Also, me and Clint were talking about this yesterday. Clint's like, "Hey, I I need I, I need uh, D'Amico Ryan's to be calling plays as the defensive coordinator. He, he may not be the coordinator, but he's the play caller." Your thoughts there? Do you are you do you want um, D'Amico Ryan's to be the guy calling plays for this defense as they find a coordinator on that side? You know, I think with D'Amico, the thing that impressed me the most about their defense is just their their discipline and how crisp they were with everything. I think their secondary plays extremely intelligently, and that makes a a big difference. You know, as you know, as you guys know. So I I, I guess it always comes down to all right, what is the actual play calling process? Some teams do more of a committee process. Um, you know, and some guys who aren't calling plays is still pretty heavily oversee the game plan. I want D'Amico to be involved, but I don't necessarily want him to be trying to learn how to be a he, – look, he knows how to be a defensive coordinator, but he would have to relearn how to be a defensive coordinator for this specific team while he's also learning to be a head coach. And I just I, – I guess it's more of a worldview. I prefer guys to – 
have as much off their plate on the coordinating side as possible when they're first head coaches. But I, but I definitely want them to be involved with it, especially when it comes down to the, the paying attention to detail side. Um, and I think uh, – I, I guess each guy probably tries, has to – feel that out for himself as it goes along. So I, I want what's best for D'Amico. I know, I know Clint selfishly wants what he wants, but I just want what's best <laughs> for D'Amico. Yeah, look, I, I think the one thing, man, hey, I'm a fan, and I know, I know D'Amico Rhines is, is a, the best defensive coordinator not named Belichick, in my opinion. Uh, and when it's all said and done, I, I want that guy to be as heavily involved on, on the one side of the ball that we know that, that he is – one of, if not the best, at at doing it. I want him as involved and as hands on as he can possibly be. And let me, my my thought was kind of the opposite of yours, Seth. Of of let's let let's make sure he's hands on. And then when when he gets his defensive coordinator and things kind of settle down and they get their pieces in place, and yeah. then all of a sudden, if you want to take your hands off the reins and become Mike Tomlin, then then that's cool. But but like, I, let's not try to try to be a Hall of Famer. CEO right away from jump. Let's do what you what you do best. So we'll yeah. we'll see. You know, I guess I, I'll go back to my experience with Kubiak in his first year here, and I don't know if he would see it this way or not. But from my perspective as a player, it felt like Gary pretty much was very much concerned with the offense and all things offensive. And Mike Sherman was, um, you know, involved in that too. But it was Gary Kubiak's deal. And he kind of let the the defensive coaches do their thing on defense, and it was a a flaming messy disaster, <laughs> and uh, which is an insult to. I was gonna call it like a a, a, a burning diaper fire, but that's an insult to baby poop. Uh, it was really a it was a it was a joke. It was like the most poorly run like mess of a defense I've ever been involved in. Like and I include like junior high, high school, college. It was just humiliating how poorly run it was. And, and and I think if Kubiak had been more involved as an actual total head coach and not more as an offensive coordinator acting as coach, I think it might not have – I think I think Kubiak would have realized it sooner than he did um, and, and done something about that, it. That, that, is, that is an interesting perspective because if you look at it, one of my biggest concerns offensively, it's not that you get a guy that knows the game. You get a guy that, that plays the analytics or whatever the hell it is. I mean, a guy that can talk the, the game – but do you have a guy that can command the respect and hold guys accountable and 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 you know do all the things schematically that that D'Amico Ryan's wants to do? Whereas if he's more of a a CEO overseeing everything, he can damn sure I mean he can make sure that offensively those those the players are are held. I keep saying held accountable. I don't know if that's the right the right phrasing, but at least held to the same standard that his offense that his defense has been for years. And that would be that would be a big time advantage offensively as well. Yeah, and I think um, if you think about, and I hate to I hate to compare it to Belichick, but if we can you know if we can forget about the whole Patriots South dynamic and just think about what makes Belichick a good coach, it's not just the X's and O's. I think what I've always been impressed by with him when I've watched him mic'd up or you know in documentaries is the way he coaches his coaches and the way he teaches his coaches. And, and that a, a lot of it comes down to just him teaching some of those guys how to teach their guys. And Belichick, I mean, Belichick knows the finite, the, the, the finer details of each position on the field and how they should be being coached. And that's why I, like, I'm always impressed with New England because they, they tend to improve as the season goes on. Like the way a high school team improves. Like, you know, usually don't see in the NFL 
teams like improve their fundamentals as the season goes on. They work at it like hell during training camp. And then some guys have good technique and some guys don't. I think the, the Patriots do a really good job of continuing to drive home all those fundamentals and the really, really important stuff the entire season long. And I think I could see D'Amico being that kind of a guy, like a very, a very nuts and bolts, understands how much the basics really matter. And the only way to really get that across to 53 guys is to just drive it home to your offensive line coach, your defensive line coach, all those assistant coaches. And I just, I think Nico, D'Amico has that knack. The way you, the way you saw him interact with his players on defense, I think a lot of that now has to be the way he interacts with his assistant coaches. All right, Seth, we appreciate you, man, and uh, we uh, we always enjoy talking to you, and we'll talk to you next week. Steichen, not Sirianni. That's right. Steichen. Nick, Nick Sirianni is not interviewing for the Colts job. That'd be something uh, yes. if he got to the Super Bowl and then went to Jim Ursay. I so wouldn't that, put it past Ursay, son of a bitch. He could pull it off. All right, that is uh, Seth Payne, uh, as you hear him every My season. heroes are Jim Ursay and Big Bird. <laughs> As we hear from each and every Tuesday right here. All right, the Rockets, uh, they gave up 153 points in their last game. You know, they came really ready to go last night. No, they didn't. And the game was embarrassing, but Steven Silas, come on, man. Just stop it. That's coming up next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.